in a, I'm in a strange predicament. I feel like I'm slowly becoming very pro Mike McCarthy. And I don't know what to do with that. I really don't. Boys, boys, boys. We have now entered week motherfucking what, eight. And we're and we are now led by the newest in Texas, Cooper Rush, QB1. <laughs> it feels QB good, controversy? Baby. Is there a QB controversy in Dallas? Should we trade Dak? Please don't. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't crush his, I mean, 320, dude. Two TDs, game winners. I mean, Cooper Rush really didn't lose like a step, dude. Cooper passed for the motherfucking win, baby. I watched ES- I didn't watch the game, but I watched ESPN the next day, and they told me that the team looked almost as good as with Dak, and they didn't really lose a step. So I guess we should just like get let Dak stay on IR, and you know, keep. You don't want to. You don't want to like. You keep it with the hot hand. You know, you don't want to like pull a guy just because the, Dak comes back from injury. Like, you know, you got to earn your spot, dude. Let let Dak earn it in practice. I say. Dude, I agree, and and I think you. You saw how the team really gelled. They put up a, 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 a pretty impressive 20 points on the Vikings' heads out there. I mean, Hell that's some yes. big-time stuff. And, um, you know, he did everything. You know, he he fumbled. He threw picks. He threw touchdowns. It was exciting. I never knew where the ball was going to go. <laughs> I was having a fucking heart attack for the first half of this game. First of all, this is Boys Will Be Boys. I'm Andy Catelli. I'm Benjamin Love. Walker. This game, dude, we're coming off of uh, the sixth consecutive win of this organization in 2021. This game in the first is definitely another tale of two halves. We found out going in that Dak Prescott was not going to play this week, which in retrospect, I have to say, I think we, we witnessed was a little bit of gamesmanship from our friend Mike McCarthy. And that's part of why I led into this saying I feel myself becoming a fan. Um, I'm. I'm pretty sure Mike McCarthy fully head juked Mike Zimmer all week. I think they knew probably Tuesday or Wednesday that Dak wasn't going to play, but they kept on with the, you know, Jerry's on the radio being like, we feel good about it. They have Dak travel to Minneapolis. He's out there doing resistance bands and warming up and all this shit before the game. And then after the game, the Vikings head coach comes out and he's like, oh, I'm not a big fan of how Dallas did this. They should have been more transparent. I think, you know, they were out there to make sure that they couldn't do everything they could to prepare for Cooper Rush. You remember I mean, when what, they used – What would the Vikings Sorry. game plan have been differently, though? Oh, I, <laughs> like, I mean, it's I, like I, the exact same thing. Load yeah, the I mean, box, to, to his, to his point – Yeah, I, don't, I, I think Mike Zimmer's, Mike Zimmer's being a bitch. He got outcoached, and if ever there was a time where I felt like we, in our current state as a team, were playing – us from three to four years ago, five years ago, the Jason Garrett era Cowboys, it was this Sunday. Like that Vikings team is the Dallas Cowboys under Jason Garrett. Like lots of talent, very conservatively coached, just into a hole, playing not to lose, constantly making mistakes at crunch time. Like it looked very much like how we would have played this game five years ago to me. So I don't think I agree with you, Zach. I don't think that 
watching whatever 45 seconds of tape exists on Cooper Rush would have given them any kind of advantage. Um, but I do think that not allowing at least leaving like they're up like some mystery up. I think that allows for you to at least like keep your opponent off balance. Um, they have to prepare two different game plans. Um, I don't know. I thought I, I liked it. I thought it was cool. And if Dak doesn't play this week, which I think he will, um, they're certainly trying to do it again. Cause they're already like, he's going to be a full go on Thursday. Like they're fully on that. So like if, if he doesn't play Sunday, this is absolutely yet again, a, <laughs> a fake out. Did, did you see our uh, boy Xavier Woods' quote after the game? I did not. They, they asked him about, uh, well, how did you guys uh, prepare for Cooper Rush? And he goes, honestly, we didn't. We thought Dak was going to play the whole time. <laughs> he goes, we didn't prepare for Cooper Rush at all. I was like, ooh, a bit of an indictment at the coaches there. Yeah. Um, and shout out, and by the way, shout out Xavier Woods. I always liked him here. Boy had himself a fucking game, I just got to say. Dude, he did have a really yeah. good game. He Well... Okay, I'll say this. Stat-wise, an amazing game. Probably one of his best games ever. He also got ripped on that 70-yard TD by <laughs> by Wilson. So he had his good moments and his bad, but it was a great game overall for him, having a, both a pick and a strip sack, which is incredible for Xavier, for sure. And we did always like X, so I'm glad he's continuing to make money in Minnesota. Yeah, you know, this game, boys, as soon as Dak was uh, called out and it, it looked very much like it was moving that way uh, as the week progressed, um, I pretty much, you know, I didn't get as emotionally uh, uh, crazy as you two did. I, uh, I I looked at the chat a little bit, but you guys were a good two minutes in front of me, so I didn't want to ruin too much. So I, I really try not to look at my phone too much. When I did, what it was a weird usually... modern problem that is. You know, <laughs> we used to all like it used to be like when he watched the game, he cable. watched the game. Yeah. When we all had cable, it was all on at the same time. Like, I can't. I mean, maybe I'm just misremembering, but I don't think there was any difference in like my Austin Texas cable versus Dallas Texas cable, um, as far as like when you'd get to see the game. Uh, but now, you know, various streaming services and whatever like yeah sometimes i feel like i'm 30 seconds behind well, or 45 seconds ahead or it's weird i also think like you just didn't if you weren't watching the game with someone you weren't talking to them actively during the game either that's so you very didn't, true you wouldn't even you, know what yeah you wouldn't know if they were off or not yeah. two hours away from you was <laughs> in the game like exactly unless you called them on the phone i guess but right but yeah yeah so i didn't look too much um as always you know i uh i uh Andy's usually the one who 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 gets craziest during game. Uh, he was he was not enjoying the Cooper Rush experience, and I just gotta say, you know, um, he kind of stinks. Like I I just fully expected that. I mean, that's that that is what it is. That's what we've seen in preseason. That's what oh, that, almost that every backup quarterback being... in the entire NFL looks like is that. So they're, yeah, they're I, trying I fully to fully erase it. that narrative. Like this guy in the first half, it was bad. I mean, we're talking vicious underthrow on everything. This dude looked like he has a, it looked like, do you remember like at the end of his career when Chad Pennington was still a backup, but he had been hurt a bunch of times, like his arm had been hurt. And so he had like that noodle arm, like he could not complete a pass of longer than like 20 yards. Every single throw Cooper Rush attempted was a tragic underthrow. Like the, the interception that he threw, like Jarwin has 
two steps on the defense and he just well, throws it underneath. Like it's bad. I thought that was just a terrible decision. That was awful. Oh, it wasn't a good throw either, but like, like there was yeah. nowhere to go with that football. And then he had another one that should have been picked. That was so poor that nobody came. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no dude. I, I just, that, that's just, I, I, there was all this talk and people on Twitter being like, Oh, we get a backup. Dude, there are not good backup quarterbacks. Like there are like five in the entire NFL. That would well, look it, any better than that. Anyone you'd want to bring in would be a, a sideshow. Like you don't want to bring Cam Newton into this locker room. I'm telling you right now. I don't want to go. No. Yeah. But have you guys read uh, Cooper Rush's scout report? Oh yeah. It sounds <laughs> like the person who wrote his scouting report fucking hates him. It's really oh, weird. Read it's some like of the personal. How it's written his weaknesses. Frumpy yeah. body with very little muscular definition. Slow plotting setup in the pocket. Lollipop arm strength. <laughs> Dude, kind of goes all, all, like the, all the weaknesses are insults, and all the strengths are kind of like backhanded compliments. Like, pretty good uh, velocity for such a weak armed player, and things like that. It's really bizarre. Like, I think he must have like pissed off the scout who wrote it. It's crazy how bad it is. And yeah, those weaknesses were all on display that game. Yeah, and it just showed how good everything else was around him. That we won. That's yeah, yeah, the final takeaway from that. I think the biggest thing was, and you know, I'll give him at least his due because we've seen. I mean, there were times in this organization. I got to give McCarthy some credit too. Where if Roma was out, I mean, it was a loss. I don't care if it was Brandon Whedon, Kyle Orton, even. How about Kitna. if Roma was out and then Tyron Smith went out for most of the game? Yeah. Oh, we're how would done. that have well, gone? God, if Tyron Smith misses a game, we used to lose by two touchdowns. Like it just, yeah. it, it just can't figure it out. Um, you know, so the fact that they found a way to win, man, I mean, that's awesome. But, but this, you know, it'll be the Cooper Rush game, and, and like I said, I do want to give him his his due as much as we're shitting on him. But dude, this defense, man, I mean, yeah. after that first drive, clamps, clamps the rest of the game. Yeah, dude, I just, and I. Well, I was going to take this moment real quick to just remind all of our listeners that Ben called us to lose this game before he even knew Dak was going to be out. You fucking traitor. To be fair, I predicted us to win by one with Dak. So I'm really thinking Crush is three points better than Dak. I mean, that was kind of what I'm getting at. (laughs) No, but the the defense is, uh, I think at the beginning of the season, this defense is incredibly young. That's a defining characteristic of it. It is obscenely young. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys overall is a very young team. It's the second or third youngest team in the entire NFL. Um, the defense, especially once you take like guys like Tank off the field, is absurdly young. I mean, guys like Randy Gregory are like the the old guys on this defense, and they're like he's like 27, 28. Um, and so at the beginning of the season, they weren't great, but they were the I think the label. Uh, they were getting a lot of times was opportunistic, uh, which is fine. That's what they were. They were good at takeaways. They weren't going to break your back. But this game, they really displayed a level of uh, an edge and an aggression that I don't think we had seen yet from them. Um, Micah Parsons was an absolute monster. Like, obviously his game in, in L.A. at the beginning of the season was really good. This was a different kind of game. This was much more of a more traditional linebacking performance, but it's the first game in NFL history where a rookie had 10-plus tackles and four tackles for loss in the same game. I mean, he was everywhere. 
and his play recognition is crazy fast. I mean, even when this team, we beat this team a year ago with Dalton at the helm, um, you know, Kirk still threw for 300 in that game. Dalvin Cook still had like 150 yards total. I think Dalvin Cook, the two other times we played him, has gashed us. I mean, this defense clamped them. Dalvin Cook had 78 rushing yards on 18. I never noticed him being a factor, you know, at any point. He had like two long runs. He had like a 20-yard run and a 15-yard run. Other than that, it was all short stuff. Kirk Cousins, I mean, golly, man, they just – I don't know what that game plan was, but, dude, they they were throwing to like C.J. Ham, Tyler game. Dude, I'll tell you this. I, you know, I don't tend to watch a lot of the national guys, but I caught Colin Cowherd this week, and he said, and you know, this is a textbook overreaction. But if you had never watched football, and you turned on that game, and you were told one of these guys is the starting quarterback for one team, and the other guy is the backup who's never played before, who would you assume is who? Kind of hard to tell. I mean, yeah, it's this was an indictment of the Vikings for sure. As, as much as Dallas is getting credit and, and is for real, I mean, this is a game. Like I said, you, you said it perfectly, Andy. This is a game Dallas would used to lose. You can't lose on your home turf to a backup when you get a get a backup quarterback. You know, you just you don't get a lot of those gifts, and they. Oh, and, I mean, and they got they, additional they gifts. We get, we'll talk yeah, about two turnovers. We'll two turnovers. Uh, let me get, I'm sure we'll talk about officiating a little bit at some oh, point yeah. during this thing, because I mean, dude, everything that could go your way in this game went your way, and to go into halftime down ten three, given what we had seen from Cooper Rush at that point, was kind of crazy. Yeah, I was like, and we had missed kicks. Like, uh, Zerline had shanked a field goal at that point. Like, everything that could go wrong had gone wrong for the Cowboys. And the and the Vikings just were incapable of putting the pedal down. And I think I read that they've scored an opening drive touchdown, like, a bunch of times this year and then just fallen apart, which yeah, I think they would denote that, like, their scripted plays are pretty good. And then once they get into actual rhythm offense, they kind of close up. Yeah, they did against the Browns for sure, and then they couldn't score. Um, I mean, that's what it looked like after that first drive. They converted a third down. They did not convert a single third down the rest of the game. Not a third and one. one. For Thirteen, no, right? They, yeah, they went one for thirteen of their next nuts, twelve, dude. which is nuts. And these are not all third and twelves, third and tens. I mean, they had a lot of third and fours, third and threes, and they could not move it at all. I mean, that's that's. Ultimately, it was a punt fest for most of this game. I mean, it really wasn't that overall of an exciting game. Like you said, it went 10-3 at the half. was kind of eh. Um, then the third quarter, you know, the first time I felt we had a chance, this was a – I mean, you know, it's a it's a cover two, so the middle of the field's wide open, and Cedric just runs up the seam. Good throw by – probably Crush's only good throw at this point, and Cedric just beautiful – after the catch, uh, runs Amazing. like weaves through three Vikings defenders, <laughs> goes untouched. And at that point, at ten ten, I was like, "Man, they're really not doing a whole lot." And I don't know, guys. It was it was a really strange game that never the Vikings, to your point, and just never really put this out of reach at any point. Yeah, I mean, after that opening drive touchdown, when they scored the opening drive touchdown, but then they allowed us to walk down the field. Like our first drive ended with a missed field goal, but I was like, yeah, we can still move the ball. Like they're not that good. It was a very, it was a, and then once we scored that touchdown to begin the second half, 
I was instantly like, we might somehow be able to pull this out, strangely enough, but it still felt a little bit like a loss. Really, I felt like with Cooper Rush playing like he was outside of that one lucky throw, um, I didn't really feel like this was a good – we had a good chance until like the last three minutes of this game. It, it was a bizarre feeling. Really, until they kicked that field goal, that one that was kind of their surrender, which was a bizarre coaching decision in my opinion. Um, the drive in the fourth quarter where they got – three pretty absurd flags to help them march down right. the field. So they had the roughing the passer call, which was terrible. I mean, all accounts, terrible call. He doesn't even hit him late, hits him like just a normal hit. Uh, that was awful. The roughing the passer, or no, then they got a, we got a, a 15 yarder roughness um, on Randy on the sidelines, right? Yeah. Down no, he pulled, this, still, no, no, no. This is where he pulled the guy off the. Yeah, line. he pulled the guy oh, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I was like, eh, whatever, ticky tacky. Then the one on the sideline, which was a bad call. And what's funny about that is really immediately after they should have scored a touchdown, they couldn't. LVE probably should have got one on the hit he made on the sideline. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they much, didn't call much, that one. Much farther out of bounds, much like way <laughs> after the whistle. It was bizarre. The whole thing was bizarre. So they get them all the way down. With penalties, they have first and goal from the four. Yep. They they run Dalvin Cook for a four-yard loss. Randy they blew go, that one up. Yep. Then they go Kirk Cousins, uh, short pass out to the flat for Madison. Again, it's like you have Thielen, Jefferson, all kinds of playmakers. And they keep using guys I've never heard of. So they throw out to this Madison dude. He gets blown up by Curse. With awesome play by Curse there. And then he's about to get sacked by Basham, and he just like kind of basketball chest passes the ball to Thielen, who gets tackled short. Oh, and yeah. so then they've got fourth and goal from the Dallas five, and they say, no, we're good, and they kick a field goal. And I was like, that's it. Like, dude, that is Jason Garrett football right there. Like, play not to lose instead yeah, you, of playing to win. You just can't give a guy like Cooper Rush that much time. I mean, I'm not saying that Cooper Rush is going to march the field on you and score a touchdown every time, but you just had – I mean, to be given first and goal at the four and effectively the chance to win the game right there. like, it, Yeah, they did it a few times where they 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 they, they punted when they should have went for it. I think they just thought Dallas – and look, they only put up 278 yards of offense. That's so bad. I mean, we – gashed them and i know one of that was a 73 yard touchdown and then the final drive we went 75 so outside of that i, I guess you could argue you know we, we we weren't doing too much but i don't know man i mean that was i agree with you that watching how they called the game with kirk cousins and all their plethora of weapons versus how kellen mccarthy sort of just opened the book up to to crush they appear I mean, to let Cooper Rush run a pretty similar offense to what Dak Prescott runs. I mean, obviously not as well and probably not as, you know, aggressive. He's probably not taking the same opportunities Dak is with the same sets, but it did not feel like a hamstrung offense where we were just running the ball up the gut three times and then punting. Like, that's not what appeared right. to happen You gave at all. Cedric Wilson. I mean, he threw 40 times. That's not what I would have assumed was going to happen. And Cedric Wilson threw a damn dime on a play. That was sick. That was the best. That was the best throw of the night. To be honest with you, it was the best pass that we saw from either team on the during yeah. the entire game. Um, the final drive really was the story of the game. 
Uh, Dallas gets the ball after a kickoff into their own end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the second play from scrimmage, uh, so I think it's important to, to talk about this drive. We have to talk about how the previous drive had ended, which is on third down, key third down, we run a slant with CD on the right side, and CD has an oh, yeah. absurd drop. I mean, one of the ugliest drops you'll ever see. It's a classic looking up field before you've secured the ball drop because he's so wide open. Um, we've seen a couple of those from CD now, and – I actually saw someone put together tape. Like if you go back to college, that was an issue. Like he would just once in a while, when you least expect it out of the blue, would have a a drop. And it's not like he would have multiple drops in a game and they don't really come at clutch moments very often, but it is something that occurs because he appears to have his eyes downfield. That's what I mean. This was a bad moment. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, I think it's something he can, grow out of i mean the 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 talk when we traded for amari right amari had drop problems in in oakland yep. when they were still the raiders i mean he led the nfl in drops one season i mean depending i don't know it's subjective but he has uh, zero drops this year on 50 yeah. targets and he made an absurd catch a juggling oh, catch which yeah i'm gonna go through a lot yeah, of yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. i'm gonna go through yeah, i'll let you break it down we're, we're, we're kind of we're kind of scatter spraying but uh go ahead go but yeah no so cd i just wanted to to give that context because it will come into play at the end of this drive. Um, and that is one of two, I think CD is one of two Cowboys for whom uh, this win and a couple key plays on this drive really changed how this night was going to go for them. Um, we'll get to the other one here shortly. So second play from scrimmage on this drive, uh, Cooper rush throws the si- the ball deep down the right sideline. He pretty much hits, uh, is it Breland? Who is the corner? Yeah. Somehow that Bad guy keeps getting contracts. Yeah. Hits him right in the chest. I mean, directly in the chest. And the ball bounces off his chest. Amari Cooper is like falling forward, tips the ball to himself, manages to clutch it as he goes to the ground, makes an insane circus catch uh, for a 33-yard gain. Probably Amari's catch of the year thus far. Maybe the Cowboys' catch of the year thus far. Absurd. There's a lot, a little bit of luck involved, but insane concentration and body control, incredible hands. Uh, it sets the Cowboys up with a first and 10 at uh, the Minnesota 24. Um, right after that, on the very next play, they go back to Amari, who does his classic like comeback route where he like comes back, gets the ball, and goes around the defender and takes it upfield for some yardage. Um, he gets 18 yards on that one, and he has to go out of bounds. I think that At took this, us to the 24. I think there are things buggy. I think no, the 33 right. yarder got us to like midfieldish. Midfieldish. Yeah. It should but, be like cuz the 25 you'd be on like the 40ish, yeah. 48. Yeah. At this point Amari has to go to the sidelines and is sitting down on the ground on a tennis ball because his hammy is seizing up so bad he's got a a trainer going at him with the massage gun and he's sitting on a tennis Mm. ball and we've seen this is another knock on amari is he would kind of do this thing in some games where he would get a little himself out of it take him out and disappear and you wouldn't see him the rest of the game um after that the two minute warning hits uh cooper rush throws it up to throws it over to uh noah brown Ooh, this Uh, could have been the game too this is a he he fumbles. Anthony Barr jumps on it, but Harrison Smith illegal use of hands 
turns out to into no play and automatic first down on the Minnesota. Dude, this, yeah, that that was a bad one from Noah Brown, who got a lot of burn again tonight. Yeah, he did. He the, So we go back to Noah Brown on the next play. He gets seven yards. Very nice. Uh, on second and three from the Minnesota 12. You just felt it in the air. <laughs> You just it's Halloween. Knew it's Halloween. Halloween. It's clutch drive time. It's the fourth quarter. The game's on the line. And there's just something missing from this stew, you know? Like, what ingredient are we missing? Oh, it's a fucking Connor Williams hold at the worst fucking moment in the world. This piece of shit, dude. Oh, I could I could have murdered this man at this moment. He sucks so bad. He's just collect now. He leads the NFL in penalties again. He gets one every fucking week, always in the fourth quarter, always on a game-winning drive. It's so fucking annoying. And so I'm like, dude, I even texted the group. I was like, that's the drive killer right there. Because, I, I mean, it's one thing when we have Dak. You're like, okay, anything could happen. With Cooper Rush, 10 yards is a lot. You're asking a lot to get a first down all over again. Like, that's – every one I, of them feels like a gift. I for sure thought I was going to OT after that. Um, I agree. So then, then it's <laughs> second and 13. So now, bad, this is crazy. Dude. This is really crazy. Second and 13, they do a little dump off of Zeke. He gets tackled for a loss. Um, and the Vikings call a timeout. Now, as they come out of that timeout, Mike Zimmer calls a second timeout, which is illegal. Now, technically, the refs are not supposed to let you call a second timeout. They're just supposed to tell you no. Yes. But they didn't. And then they penalized him for it, which yes. seems shitty, but also <laughs> dumb on his part. So they kind of both suck, I guess. I don't know whose fault that is. Um, but it's a five-yard penalty, and it takes it from third and 16 to third and 11. And on the very next play, Coop dumps it over the middle to Zeke. Play who, of the game. This is the play of the game, in my opinion. I agree. It looks like Zeke's going to get tackled probably like five or six yards into this. He splits the first two defenders and then breaks two more tackles on the way to a 15-yard gain, setting up first and goal from the five. Uh, and Amari Cooper's back in, and this was kind of a, a well-talked-about moment. moment. They go into the huddle. Both CD and Amari know the ball's going to the left side because that's where Breland is, I assume. <laughs> and like, so... Their uh, CD basically goes up to Amari and is like, yeah, I know you're dealing with the hamstring. Like, you know, you want me to get that left side? And Amari's like, hell no. And then goes out there and, of course, on the fade, catches the game-winning touchdown. Um, in to my mind – credit, that was a perfect throw. It was a great throw. That was uh, a beautiful throw. Beautiful throw. Dude, they kept showing his dad too, the family. I got yeah, – the very heartwarming, got me, man. Very heartwarming moment of the game watching this game of my girlfriend ever and the whole game she just kept talking about like oh cooper rush he looks like he's gonna cry he looks like he just wants to go home he looks bad. <laughs> the whole game. So i she mean she's not, she not wrong I, someone kept uh on the, one of the streams i was watching someone was like where did that guy get a cooper rush jersey because his dad was wearing like a cowboys number 10 jersey <laughs> where'd you get that <laughs> it's custom you custom make it but um I do like that CD wanted the ball in that moment, especially coming off of the drop on the previous drive. I think that confidence speaks to the kind of player CD is. I also love that Amari wanted the ball. And oh, I love got it done. And I, I love everything that about it. It didn't cause any kind of. If you watch sounds from the sidelines this week, they it showed. There's a great moment where it shows both of them back on the bench, and 
Amari is relaying that story probably a minute after it happened to the wide receiver coach and CD and Amari are just laughing their asses off being like, boy, you funny, like to each other over and over again. It's one of the best moments yeah, of the whole thing. I saw he, he, Amari said it after the game to the reporters that all the reporters were telling it, which is how it got out. And CD retweeted one of the reporters and just goes with a bunch of like laughing emojis. He goes, it's all love, Coop. And can I just comment that like awesome. Amari Cooper seems to have become so much more comfortable this year as part of this team. The first couple of years Amari was here. I cannot imagine Amari telling a joke at a press conference to a bunch <laughs> of reporters or even really having a conversation with any of the reporters. He was like an incredibly quiet seemed to not really be loving football when he got here from Oakland. I think it had sapped a lot of the, his love of the game from him. He performed really well, and I think we've slowly seen him grow. And now, like, dude, watching these side sounds from the sidelines the last couple of weeks, like Amari's like one of the loudest, just full of energy and personality and charisma. And, dude, I mean, the guy, I can't speak enough about it, but the guy is such a warrior. Like, to be on the sidelines, like sitting on a tennis ball, barely able to, like, fully extend your leg, and then be 30 seconds later out, out there on the edge mossing an NFL corner to get a game-winning touchdown with – 25 30 seconds to go um incredible incredible i mean all the guys showed up huge um i loved so much about this game from a just a showing the character of this team this is the second game in a row like the patriots game was like this and now this game's like this where just so much about the personality and the mental build and architecture of this team was on display um when on the first drive, when uh, Trayvon Diggs went up and swatted the ball away from Jefferson, but got called uh, for mm -hmm. pass interference for having his hand on him uh, in the sounds from the sidelines, they, they have, they're on the bench and Diggs looks down the bench at all the other guys on defense. And he said, that was, that's on me. That's my fault. I did that. And then Dak walks over and starts kind of giving the defense a speech. And then he goes to Diggs and he's like, you don't need to hold him. You're, you're pretty much a receiver you play the ball you're too good for that you don't need to hold him anymore you don't need yeah. to know where he is like so that we just have like such a great environment of accountability like no one is trying to deflect blame everyone is down loved, to step um, up and take it i love it so much dude. there were I a couple moments too um we did try to shoot ourselves in the foot a few times there was a a punt that we forced where we were off sides after the punt and they got yeah Bradley and continue I. their drive yeah uh, i think got a field goal out of it uh maybe we did hold the punt again but yeah bradley nine you saw him go over and mccarthy just chewed his ass out yep. um was like we just can't have that we can't have that and actually got waived today i wonder anything to do with that and then later and when randy got his second albeit however questionable personal foul mccarthy was right there on the sidelines and just grabbed him and was just hey like just to get his headspace, like, hey, you're doing like get your head in the game. You're good. Like, wasn't chewing him out, was just saying, Hey, you're we're gonna need you. Get back in there, get your head right, yada yada. I just love that, man. Like I, you know, kind of how uh, you're speaking to the kind of the feel of the game. You know, those two things really caught me. And after the game, you know, they had a like a camera and all the guys walking in the tunnel, and Dak sprinted through and found uh Found a Cooper, Cooper Rush and gave him a big yeah. hug from behind, man. Like you could tell they just they were so happy for him in that moment. You know, they're all definitely they're all looking out for each other. And that's uh something that you know, I, I don't know if it's been lacking here, but certainly something that I have to at least credit McCarthy for instilling, 
you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, can we talk about how Randy Gregory is like probably a Hall of Famer right now? Like, that's <laughs> let's just discuss how right I was about Randy Gregory for years. For years, he's playing better football than I ever thought I would see him play. Over the last five games, this is what's crazy. There was a lot of talk this week. Von Miller got traded from the Denver Broncos to the LA Rams, which was pretty crazy because I really thought, and I think many people did, thought Von Miller was going to be like this lifetime Bronco, like just eternal Broncos player. And when I when when the Cowboys did not go after him, I started thinking about it, and at first I was like, oh, that would have been so cool. But then I was like, well, one, who do you take off the field to put – Von Miller on the field and two someone I mean Nick Eatman who a uh, beat writer for the Cowboys said on one of their podcasts that Von Miller is good is he better this season than Randy Gregory I don't think so and I think I agree with that which is crazy to say but I I will have to take myself out because there's no way in hell I would torture myself by watching the Broncos this year but it would be hard buddy to to <laughs> to be putting up better um game after game it would feel than than what we've seen from Randy so um but supposedly man. we did call them by the way we did yeah i heard us and the bills both show. called them we did i'm glad yeah. we didn't pay more than the rams did um no i don't want a second and third i mean i don't hate that the rams did it but i also don't want us to do it so i wouldn't have minded the melvin ingram thing that might have that that could have been a good fine. move by the Chiefs. Like a six. That was cheap, and, um, yeah. It was a cheap rental for a six rounder, especially with all the problems the Chiefs have. I like that. Oh, uh, was there any moves you guys wanted to see at the the deadline? And since we're since we're talking that, honestly, I'm happy with the way our team is. That there's nothing I'm really wishing we had improved on. Like I'm fine. Yeah, with if there was some, if there was some crazy opportunity to get a number two corner, if Xavier Howard is sure, suddenly yeah. available. I'll be, I would, t- or, or a center, um, or a guard. I, I, you could convince me, but based on the trades that I kind of saw floated over and over again. And there um, were some good ones. I just don't think we needed them. Like Brandon Cooks to the Pats. That's a good one. We don't need a receiver. We're straight. We have too many mouths to feed already. I'm worried <laughs> about how we're going to work Gallup back in. Like that's, that's the thing is like other teams are hoping their talent is going to come. Help is on the way from trades. We already have some of our best players on offense and defense, just returning from injury. Like, yep. if we were trading for a player as good as Gallup, we'd be stoked. If we were trading for a player as good as Tank, we'd be stoked. We don't have to give up anything. We get him for free, and we're already a six and one team. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty happy, and I'm this team has proven to be very good at drafting and handling its own personnel in the last several years. And I'm glad that we've gone away from the two first round picks for Roy Williams era. I think that was a largely a mistake. And I think I saw a, uh, if the Rams win a Super Bowl this year, then they will prove me wrong. But I don't think that works very well. I don't see it work very often. Pretty much any team work, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think the Rams needed to do it. They're in a fine position. I think they'd rather the second and third 
next year unless Vaughn signs some crazy cheap deal to stay. I can't imagine they have any cap room at all with how much they yeah. pay out. Dude, every time another star goes there, I'm just like, <laughs> who are they not paying? Is everyone except for like Ramsey, Donald, like, or uh, Donald, like, are five dudes on their team making max deals? Is it like an NBA team where like the five it guys is. on the floor get max deals and then everyone else is playing for like the vet minimum? That's got to be how it's structured, right? Like half their guys are bums, I guess. I I know that Ramsey signed huge money. Donald gets huge money. Stafford has a fat deal. Um, both. I don't know Sharif if Cup's Floyd's the not cheap. I was Cup, gonna say I don't, Cup I don't, gets pretty good money at least. I don't know if Cup does does i know woods got paid like an off season ago so i can't <laughs> there's just no way they have a lot of cap room let me see what cooper cup cooper cup contract hmm. oh actually he's not on a well it's it's not a crazy it's not a cheap deal but it's a three-year 47 million dollar deal so it's not yeah, like top end money but it ain't cheap it ain't cheap that's more than I would have oh, thought. Oh, well, here's, here's, how they're doing, here's how they're doing it, is that this year he gets $1.5 million, uh, and next year he gets 22 or the something. Old cow, the old Cowboys kick it down the road bucket. Kick and roll, um, baby. Just like put that on the credit card so, and uh, charge interest. I had a couple little things from this game, too, before we uh, uh, you know move to, to our players of the game and things like that. Uh, walk star goat. Um, oh, no, star love goat. Sorry. Messing up our own segments. Uh, something that did happen You're this fired, week. Zach. Yeah, sorry. You're gone, Zelo. <laughs> something that uh, was surprising to a lot of us, L. Collins returned to be able to play, and it came out quickly uh, right after we did our pod that McCarthy was not instilling him in the starting lineup to begin the week. He was going to play some right tackle. He was going to play some left guard. And he kind of made it a competition. And then when we saw game time, sure enough, Terrence Steele kept his position at right tackle. And, uh, you know, Connor Williams stayed at left guard. So let L. Collins, while active, we saw him play fullback once or twice in the Hulk set. Which was tight. I love that Hulk package, dude. That shit rules. Here's what's crazier to me. Not that, because I think some people thought that might happen. When Tyron Smith went down in this game, the fact that Ty and Secchi was in at left tackle and not tremendously good, by the way. It's not no. like it worked great. L. Collins is sitting on the sidelines. That's a crazy decision. Now, I don't know if that's a he's not in football shape decision. If that's a um, I'm really devoted to teaching him this lesson. He's in the doghouse decision. I don't where know, did you thoughts? guys? Yeah, I was going to ask where y'all fell. Personally, I loved it. I love that they didn't give it to him right away. There is a lot of people we follow on Twitter and that follow us that were all about, like, how could you not put your best five out there? L so much better than Steel. This is dumb. You guys wouldn't do this if it was Dak. And I was like, no shit, we wouldn't do it if it was Dak. But I, I mean, um, okay. I, I get, I like the move initially. I do think it's insane not to put him out at left tackle instead of tying Secchi. He is that much better. I mean, if he's on your bench, he's literally the best. Offensive lineman on the bench in the entire NFL, like, I, by a, by a, by a, a, a significant margin, he's an incredibly good offensive lineman. He's a starting premier right tackle. He's played left tackle to potentially get some. Now, if Dak was out there, maybe the story would have been different. If they're trying to protect Dak and not Cooper Rush, 
yeah. in a game that they really care about, maybe he is out there. And so maybe because this game was kind of like, well, it's it's all gravy. It's whatever. We win, great. If we lose, eh. That's why Ty Inseki was out there. But I, that seems nuts to me. And I can't imagine going into next week that if Dak is back, that we're going to see Ty Inseki at left tackle no. if Tyron can't go. No, but I – I just loved it, you know. I I really did, and you know, call me a sucker for just from the a coaching cultural standpoint. Yeah, call me a sucker yeah, sucker for the fair. narrative or, or or whatever. But I I don't know the 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 biggest the biggest problem the Jason Garrett era, and there were several. To me, it all fell back on the the main thing. There was no accountability on those teams. Sure, country club. It never came up from Jerry. It never you know he never messed up you know as GM. Garrett never instilled. He was always, no, we're going to, you know, I liked what we saw out there. We did some good things in all three phases of the game. Regardless of how they play, there is no holding anybody accountable. And look, dude, McCarthy got here since McCarthy's got here. What has Lael done? Like, came came completely out of shape the first year he was there. Had to go to IR for a hip thing. Then this year, like, bribes a fucking tester. I mean, I have, I have no problem thinking that McCarthy's trying to build a culture. And you have this guy over here who's not getting it. No, if that's I'm not sure that's the full story, but if that is the story, then I love how McCarthy's handled it. I don't disagree. I, that said, please put him fucking in a left tackle <laughs> instead of Ty and Secchi. Like, I do not want Dak getting like shots from the fair, blind side fair. so that McCarthy can make sure that L. Collins grows up to be a good Boy Scout. Zila, what, what were your thoughts? Oh, I'm on saying, that? no, I agree with you, Ben. I mean, yeah, I do want him in next game, but for this game, I mean, the guy hurt the team. He would have been gone for two weeks, and he basically decided, no, I'm going to make it so the team's hurt for three weeks because I want to fight this over what he fucking did. Now, we don't really – he kind of implies that the whole ride in the official thing was just a joke. That's kind of what he's been saying. You don't know how that's much kind of, of a joke that is. If that, that is. is a joke, that's kind of like making a joke about a bomb. While you're I was going to say a bomb in the yeah. airport. You just can't hey. do that. I thought we we're having fun here. <laughs> Tough, crowd. Tough crowd. Oh, dude, you thought I was really going to let you keep that suitcase of money? No, dude. Like, you got to give it back. That's a – oh, come on, man. Don't be lame about this. Yeah, so, I mean, he did that shit. He fought it. He hurt the team an extra three weeks. I'm fine making his ass sit for at least one week. If we already had the backup quarterback in, screw it. That's fair. And, and did, we don't know what the situation is with Tyron right now. It did come out this morning that Tyron has a bone spur ugh, in his ankle. Yeah. So it begins. Um, that's a pain injury. It's not his neck. It's not his back. That's what I'm mostly True. concerned about. If he can play with the pain, if they can find a combination of uh, illicit narcotics or other uh, lifelong uh, debilitating addictive substances that can make him be able to play on a Sunday, this is not going to significantly impact his season. If he wants to get it fixed, he'll have to go in. What they'll do is they'll have him go in like Monday, get scoped. They'll go into his ankle, shave that bone spur down, and then he'll be out for like two to three weeks. Which, frankly, if he decided to do that, if you could play on it until New Orleans, awesome. Feel free to take if you could if you if you can play with the pain through drugs or whatever else through like the week after Thanksgiving. After that, you you could probably take a full month off to recover if you needed to, because after that you're the Cowboys will probably have the division locked up. We're playing for 
the first seed, I get it, but you'd be Washington, New York, Washington, and then potentially the Cardinals game. But if you need three weeks, Washington, New York, Washington is definitely your opportunity. I don't disagree. I, I we'll see. Tyron's a tough SOB. He's played hurt a lot. I'll I'll allow if he needs rest or doesn't need rest. I, I'll kind of whichever way that falls. I'm not going to be bitterly upset at him. I mean, me and you. I just Andy hope they make a call reached. on it early. Like, if he needs to do the surgery, like, let's make that call and not, like, oh, he's going to be okay, and then he plays, like, half the game and then needs to go sit for the rest of the game every time. That could get really bad. Uh, I do want to read this one. Cowboys right tackle Terrence Steele finished week eight with a grade of 73.2 and did not allow a single pressure on 50 offensive snaps. He is now not allowed a pressure in his last two full games. It's pretty. Terrence is really boys. good, dude. Pretty so here's sick. my question: If Ty- if Tyron can't go, yes, would you move Terrence Steele to left tackle, or has Terrence Steele proven himself a capable right tackle, and you're worried that that's what he can play, and you put Lel at left tackle? Yeah, Lel has I- not played left tackle since 2014. Lel, I feel like is a better player, so I'd rather him be on the left. And let Terrence do his job and play right and shoot Connor Williams into the sun and put McGovern at left guard. I like that. I like that. Z Love? No, sorry. I got distracted for a second, but uh, I agree with you. I'd rather keep. Ah, Yeah, move Lyle over. Yeah. That seems like the. What I've heard from most people. I mean. We know Lael can play both positions. We don't know Steele can. We know Steele plays right guard or right tackle really well. Um, Dude, what a growth. That guy was awful last year. And I know he was an undrafted free agent, but damn, man. I mean, he's First of all, like, he played offensive line. He played offensive line at Texas Tech, which means he sucked ass in college. <laughs> I didn't know he was on our team, but I can tell you he sucked. That's what I know. Also, what I know is this summer Terrence Steele swept the weightlifting awards for the Dallas Cowboys. Every single lift across the board. He got their their offseason offense. He, I was gonna say he got their offseason MVP. I heard they do like uh like awards throughout for like hardest worker, and he got the hardest worker award for the whole offseason. The coaches love him, and I think that has to yeah. do a little bit of why we didn't see Lael. Is He's like, the anti hey, dude. He's yeah, the it's like here's the guy who does everything right and everything we ask him, and here's the guy who hasn't even though we pay him a shit ton more money and he's a better player, you know, it's like the, you know, it's a, it's a Jamie Tart situation at AFC Richmond season one, Ted Lasso, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta bench him to send a message, you know, get through to the boy. Damn. I need to watch that show. I've only seen like the first episode, so I don't know any of these people. I know Ted Lasso. I don't know this other guy. Someone out there hopefully got see the star. You see the star player on oh, yeah, Jamie Tart's a, football yeah. team that he takes over. Yeah. Imagine, uh, just imagine, like, Cristiano Ronaldo ego levels, you know. Oh, I thought you were going to say, imagine Cristiano Ronaldo. I was like, you're benching Cristiano Ronaldo? That's dumb. You should let no, Cristiano Ronaldo run around like an egomaniac and score five goals. So, I would say his character would be loosely modeled off of him, but obviously That's not fair. as talented. Oh, So, yeah, I mean, dude, it was a hell of a game. Um, a huge, huge team win. And... I think it will be known forevermore as the Cooper Rush game. The Cooper Rush game. Let it be so. Let it be so. 
So do we have anything else on this game before we get into next week's matchup? I wanted some star love. Go, oh, yes. boys. Uh, now, for our first-time listeners, uh, first of all, welcome. We love you. Secondly, this segment is basically our player of the game. Uh, the criteria is very loose. You know, your player of the game can be just somebody who flashed to you, somebody who actually had the best stats. It's whatever you feel. You know, you, we just let the we just we just let the mind rip here. Um, star, I'm the walk star. Zach Love, he's the love. Anthony Gatelli, obviously the goat, the star love goat. We've only had one ever complete sweep. Who knows what it'll be this week? Uh, we've got some honorable mentions. I'll go first. Honorable mention to um, really Zeke just for that one play and for some pass yeah. blocks. His stats on paper, no one ever is going to look back at this game and say Zeke had a good game. Um, for the most part, he he didn't have a whole lot of success on the ground, but he made the play of the game on that third and 11. He made Bro, his pass blocking of, so underrated. Blocks were on the uh, one, one thing I'll note on that on the play where Cooper rushed through the pick, Zeke. Uh, he had a guy in his face, Cooper Rush did. And on the sideline, right after when Cooper Rush was like coming in, he's kind of bummed out. And Zeke walked right up to Cooper Rush and was like, Cooper, I'm sorry, I'll do better. I'm going to do better. I got you. And then after that, you saw Zeke like sacrifice his body to make some blocks after that, dude. And he gave Rush the extra time. That that throw to Wilson, the throws to Amari, Zeke's picking up blitzers on every single one of those. And the uh, the blitz that caused the fumble that was not uh, Zeke was not pass blocking that was a, a Pollard yeah, mistake. Yeah, Pollard. Which I yeah, it yeah it, it's like it's like the one spot where you're not really looking like for that to come from. But it, yeah, he should have picked it up. Uh, my second one. I had one other, and we 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 just talked about him last segment. But uh, Terrence Steele, man, I just you know I love what I saw from him, man. I, I know he's eventually going to lose his gig at some point. I don't think he's one of the five best linemen on this team or he very may well not be but golly he's playing so above his head and yeah. uh i love to see that because that was a guy that got shit on week in and week out by this fan base last year so to, to steal another tidbit from colin cowherd a super bowl championship run requires like five guys on your team either young guys that are underpaid or old guys that are past their prime to like yeah. capture magic in a bottle and have career years and the Cowboys with guys like J. Ron Curse and Terrence Steele, you're seeing exactly that. We, we don't know if Terrence Steele is even the guy we're seeing right now. He might never play this well again. I know. He is I right know. now. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he may not be in a month. We may have a we may have a Terrence Steele game where we're like, wow, he got his ass beat today. Uh maybe the, the run's over. But right yeah. now, you know, he's he's crushing it, dude. So I very came close to giving him the uh, the award, but uh you know what? I know he kind of sucked, and he probably never start again for us, and hopefully never does. But I'm giving it to Cooper Rush. God damn it! Just hey, you know what? He three twenty, three twenty two TDs. Second you know. most, uh, second most yards by a Cowboys starter, first time starter ever. He did. He did enough. He outplayed Kirk Cousins, which setting the bar a little low. I know, but hey, man, for how many backups I've seen go in and the 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 offense looked totally rudderless this was hey go a, watch a the denucci game last year guys everyone go pull it pop in the denucci tape and tell me what you feel dude about. the first three games with andy dalton last year were awful he didn't really get it going until november last year everyone can't be garrett gilbert all right there's only one double g oh, and he's a gunslinger all right 
Yeah, let me just Zach, say, Garrett Gilbert your, starts that game. We fucking lose. But go on, <laughs> Zach. Who's your love of the game? You know, I'll start with honorable mention. One of them is gonna be Zeke for all the reasons mentioned before. Hell yeah. The other one's gonna be Coop. He had a big game. Yeah. He really came out and showed yeah. it. Which Coop? Amari Cooper. <laughs> Which yeah. Coop? You fucker. The Scott other one was honestly originally gonna be my pick. But he doesn't technically fit the criteria because he's not a player. Is Mike McCarthy? Whoa! I, that's what I, I'm saying, that, dude. He's he's winning us over. I'm telling you. Let's take it to the panel. Let's take it to the panel. Do we allow it? Do we allow it? I say we I allow it. We, I say we allow it. Yeah. I said it's an honorable mention. He came yeah. back down to it, not just because he's not a player, but you know, going back to what we saw last year when Dak was out and the team was just gone. It was done. That was the cart uh, the Cardinals game, right? We scored three points. Yeah, it was so bad. Only thing people remember about that game is the image of that guy basically crying in the stands while his girlfriend is like trying to cheer him up, trying to console him. Yeah, that's all we blacked out that entire season. I was I was at dinner with a whole bunch of friends, and everyone but me was like a Cowboys hater, and so I was just taking like ten loads of shit from everyone during the whole game. But you know, McCarthy just. I think that he's been getting way too much hate over this season. Other than, you know, a little bit of clock management stuff, I also thought he was doing pretty good, and I think that this game just shows how well we are coached. Yeah, like, yeah. We have he definitely outcoached Mike Zimmer. Yeah, you know, Bob Sturm, won. real briefly on that, Bob Sturm had a, a radio segment uh, where he said, you know, Dallas Cowboy fans are so used to not having a coaching advantage that now that they have one, they don't recognize it. So every week he's like, I have to learn because he writes articles and he does radio. So every week I have to learn these people come up and find something to nitpick. He's, he's like, it's a different era. Enjoy it. Step outside, yeah. breathe the air, you know. Fair. But in the end, my love of the game is goes to Cooper Rush. Oh, <laughs> nice. He wasn't that great. I wasn't he had terrible accuracy issues. Overall, I really don't hope to ever see him start again. Absolutely not. But you know, this guy—he's been a backup for was it four or five years? Oh, he, fifth, six, fifth seven. season. He started. Season. He's, he was he was a rookie the same year Dak was. Yeah, this guy who probably never thought he'd actually start. He's never really done anything in the NFL. He's had three passes his whole career made to come out and start on a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. At this point, it's generally considered by a lot of people to be a, almost a front-runner to go to the Super Bowl. Come out prime and time, play a game baby. like that. Prime time. And, yeah, he had a lot of issues. But in the end, like, when it came down to it, he could make those throws. And overall, like, it's also just the emotional aspect of it. He didn't get crushed. He managed to get a win on prime time. If He's he if have he, to support that. If he stunk and folded it whole up, nobody would nobody would 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 have said anything other than, yeah, that's that's what we expected. That guy sucks. That's what we expected. So how sad do you think Ben Nucci was watching that game? <laughs> oh God, dude. I like to believe the Nooch. I like to believe the Nooch is just such high self assurance that he he it didn't even bother him. I'd like to think he was just out there slinging it in his head, like, "Oh, I would have made that throw." Oh, gosh! Oh, we how saw him in hard knock. How happy yelling at himself of... in the preseason. Oh, like, yeah. God, Ben, make a fucking throw. So yes. I don't think that's accurate. That was hard, dude. Dude, hard the nooch. The nooch is intense, boys. 
How happy do you think Cooper Rush is to be? Because last year, do you know where Cooper Rush was last season? Not on our team. Yeah, right. He was on the New York Giants. Oh, yeah, Garrett grabbed him. That's right. Yep. So how happy do you think he is to be on this team and not on that one? <laughs> he might be better than Danny Dimes. I think that the Cowboys I have the three so. best quarterbacks hey, in the NFC. Hey, Zach, you said you don't think so? You know what Cooper Rush's record in primetime is? One and zero. You know what Danny Dimes' record in primetime is? Oh and eight. So you tell yeah. me who's better, okay? Let me go ahead and just list Fair power enough. rank the NFC East quarterbacks. Number one is Dak Prescott. Number Agreed. two is Cedric Wilson. Number three <laughs> is Cooper Rush. <laughs> Number four is Jason Garrett if he decides to put on a helmet and actually play for his own team he's currently OCing. Five is Danny Dimes. Six is now Mitch Trubisky. Seven is Taylor Heineke. Eight is anyone <laughs> on anyone on off the street who's willing to try out for the Eagles. And nine is Hurts. I think those well, are pretty accurate. So All right, go. It leaves me. It leaves well, you. My honorable mention. I obviously all you guys' uh, picks and honorable mentions could easily fit into any of our slots. These have all been great, great players who played really well. My honorable mention is going to be one uh, Randy Gregory. Uh, he had another sack. Mm -hmm. He is fucking killing it. He had three QB hits. He is absolutely beast moding. Uh, he's had one of the best five game stretches I can remember from a Cowboys D end, other than like Demarcus Ware. Like the only competition is maybe Lawrence at his at the top of his game. Uh, so Randy is continuing to kill it. I'm so stoked for him. I think there's. I'm gonna go ahead and put it on record. I think that Randy Gregory can make the Pro Bowl this year. I really do think that's possible. Oh, I think it's. I think it's possible for sure. He's having a hell of a season. He plays for the Cowboys. That'll always hell help. yeah. I think hell yeah. It'd be shocking if he didn't. As for my goat of the game, I'm not gonna. I, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and just break it to you. Cooper Rush didn't get this. Oh, right, he's not, the fans. Yes, Cooper Rush did enough to to win this game, and for that, he has my undying appreciation. But let's be very clear here: the Dallas Cowboys defense won this game. Yes, if, if they true. go out and give up 25 points or 21 points, we lose this game. And for that reason, Micah Parsons is the GOAT of the game. Micah Parsons played linebacker at a level we have not seen on this team in my lifetime on Sunday night. He was see, like recognizing and blowing up screenplays. He was applying pressure to the quarterback. He was destroying runners in the backfield. The level of sure tackling is just something that's so foreign to me. Like, I'm so used to, like as a Cowboys fan and even as just a football fan, I'm so conditioned to seeing like a, a small, a faster, smaller player break down a linebacker and like at least get some yards on them. That when Micah Parsons just sticks these guys every single time and puts them down, it's shocking to me. I think Micah Parsons, by the end of the season, will be in the conversation with Trayvon Diggs for Defensive Player of the Year, not just Defensive Rookie of the Year. I think he's that fucking good. I think we've only begun to see how good Micah Parsons is. And I think we're going to remember this game as the first time we saw his we, 
like the LA game was our first taste of his like pass rush skill set. This was our first true taste of his linebacking skill set at its at its heights. And I think he's only going to get smarter and better at the position in the NFL. And for that reason, Micah Parsons is the goat of the game. Oh, I can't fault that. I can't fault that, sir. Not at all. Tremendous. Tremendous. So with that, with us closing the book on the Vikings, we look forward to this coming Sunday, November 7th, a nooner. We haven't had a nooner in a minute. Uh, we are playing the Denver Broncos. Luckily, we're playing them in Dallas. I hate games in Denver. Uh, ben, when is the last time we beat the Denver Broncos? Take a guess. Oh, if you're asking me, it's not been anything recent. I remember they killed us in Denver a few years back. And then we Trevor had the Romo shootout. We had the, the, the Romo shootout. The Peyton Manning Romo shootout. The most Romo game ever. That was Romo's pretty much Romo's whole career. Like 500 t- yards, five TDs, the, and a pick on the, on the final of, drive. On the edge of being one of the greatest ever and then throwing a game losing pick. Which wasn't all his fault either. Fuck. Okay. No, it wasn't. But, you know. I'm going to go 2006. 1996. Woo. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, we only play him every like four years. So. Yeah, I know. It's it's really only like uh, we we've played them like five times since that point, and they kicked. I mean, you got to think we we played them in '96 when we were really good. By the time we played them again, they were the 1998-1999 Denver Broncos, which was probably one of the best teams of the '90s, other than the Cowboys. The John Elway, Terrell Davis, Shannon Sharp Broncos. Then we played them in like '03. I think we were both dog shit, and they just beat us, and then. After that, we know the history. But after so that, it was a little bit of a revenge game, in my opinion, for that ass kicking we got from them in 2017, which was a real shitty game, dude. I hated that game. I saw Trevor Simeon is out there uh, throwing dimes again, winning games. Yeah, Beating we're going to see goat. Trevor Simeon again this year, <laughs> I think. Uh, I it's either him or Taysom will be back, but yeah. So. This game, um, the Vikings or the Broncos started three and zero. They are now in full sail blow up mode. That's what the Broncos do. They win early in the year. They're well conditioned. Happens all the time. Win at home, and they start sucking goat. And what? How their locker room has to just be in disarray at this point. Like they just traded Von Miller. That's basically a message to everyone on the Broncos that like this this season is totally yeah. a wash. They've he accounted for 25% of their pass rush, both in sacks and pressures and hits. So 25% of your defensive strength is now gone. Uh, every guy in that locker room basically knows that one, they're selling stock on this year. Like we're not going to go anywhere this year. And two, if they're willing to ship basically the face of the franchise out of here for some day two draft picks, none of us are safe. Um, Cowboys open as a nine and a half point favorite. I've seen it as high as ten and a half in the last. We open. We open at seven and a half, and I saw it move to ten and a half. You're right. Now I see it at nine and a half. But uh, yeah, I think people are people are expecting a big Dallas win. Uh, the Broncos did stop a four game losing streak last week. They beat 
a hapless Washington team. Very funny. Washington seventeen to seventeen to ten. Dude, how bad? Imagine uh, imagine your franchise being at a point where they're like, you know what might give us the spark we need? Let's get Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dog, that's suicide territory for real. And yet he probably is an improvement on what they have. Yeah, he, he probably is better than Heineke. I mean, I'm not saying it's that like, they're wrong. But. You remember when we were trying to salvage the 2015 season and we started weeding for two games and it was awful. We, we threw a Hail Mary to go get Matt Castle. And Matt steal, Castle, dude. The man, the, the literally shit. like the man that made the most money off of like a five-game stretch in the history of the NFL. Like Tom Under Brady Bill went Belichick. down. Yeah, Tom Brady went down. Matt Castle stepped in and a loaded Patriots team won around him. And then he got he signed a huge deal in Kansas City, yeah. and then signed another, and then got to come play for us. Like he, I think he probably. I'm going to look it up. How much money Matt Castle made in his career? Because and the thing about Matt Castle was he didn't even start in college. Remember, he was like uh, Mark Sanchez's backup or something. Like he had not started a game since high school, and then right. got to the NFL and was like, "Yeah, I'm a I'm a quarterback now." Yeah, yeah, his career. It'll it'll hurt your feelings how much money he's probably made. Sixty five million bucks. Yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, I was, that's that's honestly less than I thought it was going to be. Because he he did sign his contract in like oh nine, so he got like sixteen million a year from the Chiefs. He he he's not even breathing on fucking like the Sam Bradford money of just like. <laughs> but Sam Bradford did it like ten times. He would just like play five game stretches every three or four years, and bamboozle some team into believing he was a quarterback and then sign another huge deal and then go back to doing it again dude that's a good gig that's a great gig just back are you up kidding sam bradford made 140 million dollars dude until roger's last contract sam bradford had made more money than him it's nuts yeah <sighs> that's the life right there that's the dream dude professional clipboard holder he looks like a fucking keebler elf it's great <laughs> yeah so Broncos, they stink. Uh, last time Super we did bad. see, last time we saw Teddy Throzevelt, aka Teddy Two Gloves, aka Teddy Bridgewater, he was actually kicking our ass in 2019 as the cap or as the backup of Drew Brees on the Saints. Mm -hmm. And Sean Payton just owns us. So, or at least that day, we've we've had a few wins there. We've taken um, a couple from, but. Denver anyway, he's two. They seem to have two games, two kinds of games from Teddy. Either he doesn't throw very much, or they try to throw him a lot, and he throws a ton of picks. So those, it's kind of pick your flavor on that one. He is what you saw of Kirk Cousins last night is what I or Monday Sunday night is what I I expect to see Teddy Bridgewater every game. Like Thirty five passes for one hundred eighty yards. Like it's not it's not going to stretch the field. He does get Jerry Judy back. He was the guy taken. Before yep. CD Lamb, he was the first receiver of that draft. And they have Corlin Sutton, who's not bad. bad. SMU kid. Uh, they had Noah Fant, who's a first round tight end, who's been okay on my fantasy team. And he just tested positive for COVID, so he probably won't be playing this Dope. week. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they also have Melvin Gordon. That's a name a lot of people will know. Running back uh, and Javante Williams, kind of a dual headed thing. They're they're decent. They're an okay running team. Basically, they're okay at everything. They're not good at anything. They're okay at everything. And yeah, Patrick Sertan in defense is probably the Patrick Sertan's kind of 
the guy everybody wanted. He's been playing supposedly very well for them. As Andy said, they just traded Vaughn Miller. We're getting them without Fant. They're only scoring 19.6 a game. They're only letting up 17 a game, so their defense is still still good enough to 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 keep them around most games. But, but yeah, they, they played the Cowboys either. I mean, they have played the Cowboys. Cowboys are third in points per game right now. I think first in yards. So and eh, you know raw stats aren't everything. But they played they played the Giants. They're they're this is their games. They played the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets their first three games. So that's why they won. Yeah, and they got smacked by the Ravens. 23 to 7. Then they got beat by eight points by the Steelers. And this was like in the middle of the Steelers looking really terrible. Then they gave up 34 points to the Raiders and got killed. And then they lost to the Browns, the hapless, offenseless Browns. And then they finally managed to squeak one out against the Redskins or the former R words, now the football teams. 10. Yeah, the only team that's really gashed them is. Vegas, but I I think we do. I mean, look, this defense, uh, they're they're okay, but they're, you know, like I said, they just got rid of Von Miller, who's probably the guy who scares you the most. Um, you know, they got rookie corner out there who's pretty good. He's gonna get, you know, either Ceedee Lamb or Mari Cooper on him. I mean, maybe Gallup comes back this week. I don't know if they've announced that yet. Um, but I feel good. I feel good. You know, there's not a lot that scares me offensively. There's not a lot. Defense, they can, they'll make you earn it. They're not going to, they don't give up a lot of big plays. They make you kind of, they keep things in front of a, and make you kind of dink and dunk your way down there, which I think Dallas is willing to do. One of the things we all love about Kellen on this podcast is it seems like he will let you pick your poison and, and he'll just do it that way. Doesn't seem like we have to throw to one guy or have to run or have to do really anything. So because of that and all those reasons, and we're at home. And Dak is hopefully back. Although even if he's not, I think we we take this, boys. Uh, I'm predicting a pretty big Cowboys win. I'm gonna say 34 to 17. Zach, what are you thinking? Say 44 17. Yeesh. I like it. You know what? I I like the sound of that. Um, Actually, I'm gonna be honest with you, Ben. Was that what you said? That's what I was asking. What'd you say, Ben? Oh, I said 34-7. Oh, 34. Okay, I was going to go to 42-14. Okay. okay. That was my Still so pretty much, but I was like, yeah, I I mean, if, if predict better than I did. If Dak's back, I, I think we absolutely blast this team. I don't think they're ready. I think that this team is in very rare form right now. I think Dak is itching to be back under behind uh, the wheel. I think – uh, unfortunately, Dak lost his grandmother uh, just last week before the Vikings game. And so I know that based on what I know of Dak, not that we're best friends or anything yet, uh, Dak seems to process adversity through football. And I think his first game after processing that and having just like kind of had another brush with injury given last year, um, we could be in for some NFL films type shit where Dak goes out and has a, a career day. So I, I like your score, Zach. I'm going to steal it. Your first score. I'm going 44-17. All right. Jeez. Well, if, if we lose this game, this podcast is going to sound real stupid, huh? I just can't imagine losing this. If, if, if Cooper Rush starts, I could maybe. Maybe they ugly it up on us. But other than that, I, I think this team is in a – 
a really good to uh, steal a succession, really good headspace right now. Just yeah, really, and, the, and the Broncos really are just headspace. in the opposite. Like I said, I just have to assume the Broncos are in total just disarray. Like they've effectively all, if, even if they're not saying it out loud, like they all know that the season's over. Like they're not, you're not making a push for the playoffs when you're trading Von Miller. Which side note is also why I haven't buried the Chiefs. Is Denver sucks. The Chargers are kind of falling apart before our eyes all of a sudden. I don't have faith in Vegas. So, anyway, nope, same. But yeah, um, Cowboys wins. Nothing new here. Uh, I I I think I think we're in pretty good run until until that Chiefs game, and you know they look broken right now. So anything can change and they, they can turn it on at any point. Like I said, I'm still buying chief stock at, at I'm buying the dip right now, but frankly, I'm a dip. little more worried about the NOLA game than the chiefs game at this point. Yeah. I mean, can I just say, by the way, I called that NOLA Tampa game, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> just wanted a little love, just wanted a little love for that one. Yeah. NOLA. I don't know. They, 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 they can, you know, Sean Payton can, can pull a couple out of his hat every year. Oh yeah, I, just, I mean, I think I think they have a good defense, and we're playing them in New Orleans, which is a hostile environment, and they're yeah. We'll see what they look like around then. Their defense Indeed. is nice, though. Their defense is nice, but for this game, yeah, I uh, you know not a team we see very often. Like Andy said, I'm glad we get them here and not in Denver. If it was Denver, I think they I could hate maybe... those altitude games, man. I hate them. I was gonna say we never play well up there. They could ugly it up. We beat the Patriots and Belichick for the first time. I think we snap a uh, a twenty, as Andy said, twenty five year snafu. Just every year, twenty five straight losses to this team. That's what Andy said. <laughs> Let's fucking do it, dude. All right, boys. Anything else before we get out of here? You know, nope. I was honestly expecting the whole game for a Trayvon Diggs interception. I know. I didn't like, think he'd get it against Kirk. To be honest. Kirk's such a pussy now. He just doesn't throw. Yeah, it. he doesn't. He does not throw the ball into. I mean, I think Trayvon's one opportunity came on the first drive when he took that shot down the left sideline and Trayvon swatted it. I think if Trayvon is in, doesn't have his hand on Jefferson, which I'm not going to get into it. Jefferson pushed off, so I, kind of a bullshit flag in my opinion. But that was Trayvon's opportunity to snag one if he was going to. He didn't. That's fine. I don't need him to get a pick every game. That's the thing about that game, man. The Cowboys, you know, the whole rap on their defense was like opportunistic. They get turnovers. Well, this time, the Cowboys lost the turnover battle. They didn't get any turnovers on defense. Penalties killed them. Missed kicks. And yet, they win the game. I saw something with the EPA with those two turnovers. We lost, like, 10 and a half points. So if you just think about this game from a, a clean standpoint, we really outplayed Minnesota with Cooper rush, something closer to uh, like 14 points. I mean, yeah, I mean, they got zero points off those two turnovers, which is crazy. Like that's yeah. absurd. It, again, I keep putting, because they, they look so much to me like we did. I keep putting myself in their shoes and I'm just like, can you imagine us getting two turnovers and just like coming up with no points? How pissed we are. Oh, yeah. Been? We always do that. Did that. Did that. It's a new era. It's the That's... McCarthy era, boys. I'll say this. On my Madden franchise, 
every single year McCarthy wins the Super Bowl and he gets a one year contract from Jerry every year. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry does not like McCarthy to get comfortable in my Madden franchise. McCarthy's won six straight Super Bowls and hasn't gotten a two year deal yet. So, yeah, there were a couple of injury notes real quick. Uh, Jabril Cox, our boy, did tear his ACL. Uh, He's done for the year. That makes me so sad, dude. I'm so sorry so, for him. A little less linebacker depth. Trayvon Diggs apparently sprained his ankle on the last play of the game, but they think he'll be fine. And as Andy said, Tyron Smith, who left the game and did not return, has bone bone spurs. That's what? Yep, so. bone spurs. So we'll see what they do with that. Um, if Tyron misses time, I, I like what the O-line's been like, but uh, I would like to see. Now, do, do you want to do a whole separate podcast where we just make fun of Jalen Smith for getting cut by the Packers? or Dude, I <laughs> – our, our fans are weird, dude. I saw so much are... like fucking gloating today. I was like, y'all are strange I did. people. It's not like he spurned us. We we paid him and he saw uh, – you know, we went over this, but – yeah, Bro, like people the first who, comment people I saw on Twitter was a relishing guy, a guy. the moment are, the first, are very strange individuals to me. The first comment I saw on Twitter was a guy being like, maybe now he'll learn to be humble. I was like, do you know him? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he'd take your parking spot, dude. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, man, I, can we I hope Jalen's straight, dude. I hope Jalen's money. I, I know Jalen's got his money right. He's got $7 million coming to him this year. Like, He's a smart dude with a degree from Notre Dame. I know he'll be fine, but I just hope his next chapter goes well. Well said. Well said. All right, guys. Anything else? I think I'm good. Zach? I'm good. All right. Well, as always, ladies and gents, thank you so much for taking the time to listen this week. If you've liked what you heard, please please feel free to leave a little comment, you know, follow, subscribe, like, leave a rating on iTunes, Spotify, etc. It helps us climb the charts until we are eventually acquired by uh, the Dallas Cowboys football organization itself and have an office next to Jerry. Um, in the meantime, we'll be back uh, next week after the Broncos game. But in the meantime, if you'd like to uh, ask us a question, leave us a comment, hear us discuss something, tell us how insanely dumb we are for our takes. Hit us up on any of our social medias or our e shoot us an email at boyswillpod at gmail.com. As always, I'm Andy Gatelli. Benjamin T. Walker. I agree, love. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. Take it easy. Peace.